A new survey by KFF Health News reveals that discrimination in healthcare remains depressingly widespread. Over half of Black patients say they have to be vigilant about their appearance to receive fair treatment. And nearly half of American Indian, Alaska Native, Hispanic, and Asian patients feel the same. This is Pulse Check. I'm Lauren Gardner. The Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions will consider bills aimed at tackling the opioid crisis next week. Senator Bernie Sanders said the panel will mark up legislation to expand treatment and recovery services, opioid-specific therapy, and cancer screening programs. The Senate Finance Committee held a hearing Tuesday examining the causes and impact of domestic drug shortages. Lawmakers attributed the dearth of products, like generic drugs, to market forces that make the margins for producing low-cost pharmaceuticals razor thin. And Google wants your phone to be a doctor in your pocket using artificial intelligence, but the company must convince skeptical lawmakers. Politico healthcare reporter Ruth Reeder joins me to explain AI's growing innovation and Washington's urge to regulate. Hey, Ruth, thanks for being here. Thanks for inviting me. So artificial intelligence is making its way into healthcare. What sorts of AI are being used in healthcare? What are the applications here? So it's being used in a few ways. I would say the prime one and the one that we talk about all the time is just back office, right? Using AI just to help with claims and making sure that health systems get paid, a lot of that kind of stuff. However, health systems are starting to use AI in clinical ways. An example of that is using artificial intelligence to help with note-taking, which is such a burden for doctors, as you know. Another way is in diagnosis. Nobody's relying on AI purely in any of these circumstances. A lot of these, again, are pilots. Doctors are very much involved. They're making the final decisions in all these cases. But AI is being used to help with imaging and cancer. You know, sometimes artificial intelligence can be better at comparing those kinds of images, noticing an anomaly that the human eye might not catch, especially when you're looking at so many. So policymakers are, of course, interested in regulating AI. Where is Congress on that? Where is the FDA? Where are any other government actors? So obviously, we all saw the executive order that came down from the White House around, we need to regulate AI, right? And here are some ideas for how to do that. There's a lot in there around reporting requirements, ensuring that there's transparency around these algorithms. We know what they're doing. We see what data they're using. We're ensuring that there's no bias, especially with the newer AI that we talk about, generative AI. I know nobody likes that term because what does it mean, right? Generative AI creates it's new content can like tell you things. You know, you ask ChatGPT for a question and it comes up with an answer. And so that has regulators thinking, shoot, this technology is out there. We have to do something about it. Outside of the executive order, there hasn't been a lot. There were two meetings. Some House committee and a Senate committee both looked at a sort of ways of regulating AI in healthcare, which is sort of what we care about, obviously. But in both those cases, the questions are very wide ranging. They were looking at sort of the impacts that AI will have on bio threats and the creation of bio threats, as well as sort of like data privacy. What are the implications for how this data is used, how patient data is used in these algorithms and sort of the content that it generates? So we're still very much at the questions phase and not yet at the policymaking phase. 
And what are the main concerns outside of, like you said, bio threats, data privacy? What else are they considering? So I think the big concern with all of this, whether the executive order or legislators, everybody's just concerned that something bad will happen. And in the case of healthcare, we're really worried about patient harm. What could happen to patients if we let loose this technology? What if it delivers a bad diagnosis? That's the main thing. Like, what if we deliver a bad diagnosis or we miss something and it somehow harms patient health? I mean, there's a lot of different ways that could happen sensibly. And who are the main players here when it comes to AI and health? Big names like Google and Microsoft. There's some smaller players here. Who are they and what are the main tensions among all of them? So we would say, yeah, the big players are the ones you know, right? It's Google, it's Microsoft, Amazon also. Anybody who offers a cloud service to healthcare is now starting to add on these new tools. Like, we host all your information in the cloud. What if we offered you some artificial intelligence or some other tools for processing your data in ways that could help you? So that's sort of that side of things. But then there are also a lot of health tech players that are much smaller, startups that offer individual tools. So rather than having this big offer, from the big players do the smaller ones have a note-taking app or technology for deciphering anomalies in ultrasound or something like that. Great. Well, thanks so much, Ruth, for walking us through this big topic. Thanks so much for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese and Alex Keeney are our senior producers. Kara Tabor is an editor for Pulse Check. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Lauren Gardner. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters, where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.